Well, it's really good to see you here this morning, and uh, today is a second message in this series that life is more than a game. Last week, uh, the lesson was that when the game is over, it all goes back in the box. And when life is over, it all goes back in the box, uh, except the things that we do for God. Our relationship with God, our relationship with other people, uh, the, the care we take of our soul, those are the things that last forever. And so Jesus reminded us to make sure we're spending time on those things that don't go back in the box. So this morning, uh, the takeaway is know the score. Uh, all of us want to be successful. All of us want to have lives that are meaningful. But how do you know if your life is successful? How do you know if your life is meaningful? And that question depends on how you keep score. Now, in board games and sports games, you know, we, we keep score. That's how we know if we, who wins. It's how we know how we're doing during the game. Uh, wouldn't it be great if in life, when you were wondering how you were doing, you could just look up at the scoreboard and there it was. <laughs> uh, that would simplify things a lot. Uh, but it, but it, doesn't, it doesn't work that way. So to do well uh, in games, you, you, have to, you have to score. And knowing how to keep score is really important. Now, in most games, scorekeeping is pretty simple. Uh, you get points for scoring goals. And then at the end of the game, whoever has the most points is the winner. And that's true in most games like, you know, football or rugby or basketball or baseball or soccer or hockey. Whoever has the most points at the end of the game is the winner of the game. But there are some games where the scorekeeping does not make sense. Like tennis, for example. Love, 15, 30, 40. Who in the world came up with that? I, personally, I think there was probably alcohol involved. And then there's cricket. No one knows how to keep scoring cricket. If you know how to keep scoring cricket, please come explain it to me because I've watched. And they run back and forth between those two bases and put numbers on the board, stop, have tea, go back out and do it again. So I don't understand that at all. So if you know how to do that, please help me. Uh, because if you don't know how to keep score, then you don't know what's going on. You don't, you don't know how to win. And then, of course, there's golf. Now, in most games, the person with the highest score wins. But in golf, it's the lowest score that wins. And that's important to know. <laughs> because if you don't know that, you may think you're a really good golfer when really you're not so great. Because <laughs> you go out and play a round of golf, and then you go home and watch the pros on television, and you think, well, I can score more points than that <laughs> on just the front nine. So, so it's important you know, to know how to keep score, uh, and, and the same thing is true with our lives. But, but the problem is, when it comes to our lives, we often uh, keep score in, in ways that, that leads us to confusion and misunderstanding about whether we're really being successful or whether our lives are really meaningful or not. Now, the Bible is uh, full of scorekeepers and stories of scorekeepers. You can go all the way back uh, to the beginning. Cain and Abel. Cain was keeping score by 
whose offering was most acceptable to God, and by, by his method of keeping score, it was Cain. And so that made, uh, or it was Abel, and so that made Cain angry, and so he ended up killing his brother. And then there were Rachel and, and Leah, the two sisters. And Leah had children, Rachel did not. Rachel kept score by who had the most children. And so by her method of scorekeeping, she was losing. And so uh, that ended up leading to all kinds of problems, and it ended up, uh, you know, it, it was not a pleasant situation. And as it turned out, Rachel and Leah's method of scorekeeping uh, caused Joseph to end up with 12 sons. And he favored one of those sons over the other sons. And the other son's method of scorekeeping was who was loved most by their father. And by that method of scorekeeping, it was Joseph, and they were losing. So they devised a scheme to sell him into slavery and make it look like he had been killed by a wild animal. And so it motivated them to that action. And then, you know, when Saul was the king of, of Israel, uh, he kept score by who was the most popular and who was the most celebrated. And then along came a young man named David who stole away the people's hearts. And by Saul's method of scorekeeping, they liked David better, and David was more popular, and so Saul decided he needed to get rid of David, and on many occasions tried to kill him. So in, in each of these examples, the system that somebody used to keep score influences their actions. The way you keep score influences your behavior and influences what you do. Now, Again, I'm grateful to John Ortberg for pointing out the three most common systems that we're taught to use to keep score in our lives. They are comparison, competing, and climbing. That's how we're taught to keep score. We keep score by comparison. Now, we compare ourselves sometimes to upward comparison. And this is interesting to me that when it comes to, to finances and material possessions, we typically compare ourselves up to people who have more than we do. We're always, we're always, when we look at what we have, we compare it to somebody else, and they have more than us. And, and then what happens is, if we do that too often, then, then that steals our gratitude for what we do have and for what we have accomplished, because we're always comparing it to somebody who has more. And then there's this lateral comparison where we compare our lives with people who are, who are kind of like us, maybe in the same profession or, or the same, you know, socioeconomic, I'll say that word in a minute, socioeconomic class. Um, and, and, and that kind of comparison can also get unhealthy because it can turn into competition. And then there's this downward comparison that we do when we compare uh, how good we are or our morals to other people. Now, I think it's fascinating that when it comes to material things, we compare up. But when it comes to morality, we compare down. <laughs> and we can always say, well, I may not be that great, but I'm not as bad of a husband or a, 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 you know, a spouse or a, a child or an employer or an employee as, as he is. And we always compare ourselves down. And you know, that kind of comparison can, can lead to, to arrogance, can lead to hypocrisy. So as we're all susceptible to keeping score by comparing ourselves to others. Students compare themselves with each other by who makes the best grades or who's the best athlete or who has the most dates. And adults, we do the same thing. We compare with each other with salary and status and who has the most toys. 
And even in the spiritual realm, we do this. Who gives the most, who serves the most, who comes to church the most. And pastors get caught up in the same kind of scorekeeping. Who has the biggest church, who has the most people, who baptized the most people. And all these comparisons are just ways that we keep score. Another way of keeping score is by competing. And competing is a step further than comparison because in comparison, you just compare yourself with somebody else. But in, in competition, you decide after you've compared yourself that you're going to beat them. You're going to be better than they are. And, and competition in itself is not a bad thing because competition in the business world can be a good thing because it can make products better and services better and it can also make them cheaper. Competition in a sports arena is a good thing because it, it challenges athletes to perform at their, at their best and can be a great motivator. But, but there's a dark side to competition. It can become toxic. When everything uh, becomes a competition, and not just a competition, but a competition you have to win, then it can become toxic. And an unhealthy competition can ruin a business Unhealthy competition can ruin sports when it becomes all about winning and winning only. And unhealthy competition can ruin relationships, can ruin families. And the last way that I want to mention that we're taught to keep score is through climbing. We all have these ladders of success, whatever they are, that we feel compelled to climb. And every time we take a step up on another rung, it gives us a feeling of uh, of accomplishment and, 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 and this short-lived pleasure. And every time we drop down a rung, it causes us pain. And then we compare and we, we compete and we try to climb the ladder faster than those people around us are climbing it. And we feel like if we get there first, it makes our lives better. But then Rob Bell points out another problem with climbing is sometimes you get to the top of the ladder and realize after all that work, you put it against the wrong wall. So that's how we're taught to keep score. And if you're a persistent scorekeeper, your life can be miserable when someone else is winning. I love what Anne Lamott wrote. This is what she wrote. Some wonderful, dazzling successes are going to happen to some of the most awful, angry, undeserving people you know. People who are, in other words, not you. <laughs> So if that's how we're taught to keep score, but that's not the best way to keep score, what is the best way to keep score? Well, let me, let me read to you a passage where God kind of shows us how to keep score. This is in Philippians chapter 2. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory 
of the Father. The Word of God for the people of God. We are taught that success is by climbing up the ladder. And the whole time Jesus was busy climbing down the ladder. While we were busy uh, playing who's the most successful, Jesus was playing another game called foot washer. <laughs> we're taught to spend our lives comparing and competing and climbing. And Jesus taught us that we spend our lives loving and giving and serving. Jesus kept score in a completely different way than everybody else. And the, the purpose that we feel in life and the joy that we feel in life comes when we decide which scorecard are we going to use. Are we going to use the one that our culture gives us or are we going to use the one that Jesus demonstrated for us as a measure of how we live our lives? I read about an elementary school that was having a, like a field day or something. And uh, so these one teacher, this one group of teachers were assigned to do the balloon game. And uh, uh, first of all, it was, a, it was a fifth grade class that came in. And so they explained to them the balloon game and how you play it. Is you tie a balloon onto each ankle, and then all the kids go out to the center of the room and uh, when they blow the whistle, then they all start trying to pop each other's balloons. And when they, both of your balloons are popped, then you're out of the game and you go sit down. And you keep going until there's just one kid left that still has at least one balloon that has not been popped, and that kid is the winner. And so they blew the whistle and the kids started stomping each other's balloons and trying to pop them, and eventually some lost both balloons, so they would be kind of dejected and go sit down until finally they got to the end, just one kid. And he was the last one, still had a balloon left, and so he was declared the winner, and the other kids all sat in the chairs around the room and applauded, although secretly they hated him for winning. <laughs> and so their time was up, and they left, and the next group that came in were a kindergarten class. Same game, they explained to them how you play, but they didn't understand. So they blew the whistle, the kids all ran over to each other, trying to get each other to help them pop their own balloons. And so they started popping, in their, and they would stick their leg out, and they would pop them, and then they would pop theirs. And when both balloons were popped, instead of leaving, they would run around and help somebody else pop their balloons. And finally, at the end, everybody's balloon was popped. All the kids were standing in the middle of the room, and when the last one popped, they all jumped up and screamed because they all won. Every balloon was gone. So both group of kids played the same game, but they kept score differently. So who won? It all depends on how you keep score. We all want lives that are meaningful and purposeful. We all want to be loved. We all want to find uh, you know, a, a life that, that gives us purpose. And we ask the question, how are we doing in our lives right now? Are you winning? Are you losing? Have you been measuring your life by comparing and competing and climbing? Jesus said and demonstrated that the best measure of our life is by our loving, our giving, and our serving. 
Because how we keep score determines our actions. How we keep score determines what we're going to do. This morning, I wanted to offer you a word of encouragement. Because maybe you've been a little disappointed in your life. Maybe when you compare and compete, there's others around you who've done better. Maybe you haven't felt like you've accomplished a lot of things because you're not as high up the ladder as somebody else. But if you throw away that scorecard, and some of you especially, and you look at how you have given, look at how you have loved, look at how you have served, you're doing so much better than you think you are. You are so much further ahead in the game than you think. It all depends on how you keep score. And maybe your life has more purpose and more value and more meaning than you realized. It's not you. You've just been keeping score wrong the whole time. 